Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. Today's guest, yeah, that's right, we have a guest, and today's guest is Andy Woodhull. Uh, Andy Woodhull is a stand-up comedian, and he's a guy who I've been aware of his comedy since before I started doing comedy. He's also, he has headlined Tacoma Comedy Club, I think, basically every year since I started doing comedy. And so I've seen clips of Andy Woodhull for just years, but I've never met him. I've never worked with him until this weekend. And I had fun. He's a he's a super funny comic. Um, he has a, you should go check out his YouTube channel, by the way, because he just started this series where he reviews snack foods um, with another comedian named Alex Stone. Go check that out. Uh, however, and I'm, I'm going to give a brief disclaimer after I say this. Uh, I'm also aware that Andy Woodhull at one point when he, when I saw clips of his comedy was a stepdad. And then at some point he got divorced. And so I'm bringing this up because, um, we talk a lot about being a stepdad and getting divorced and how that, uh, how that changes the dynamic, the parenting dynamic for not only, I mean, I think like, well, what we talked about is from not only his perspective, since he got divorced from a woman who he was functioning as her kid's stepdad, but also for the man who is the biological father of those kids and how their dynamic uh, works. And the only disclaimer I'm offering or the only reason I'm offering a disclaimer is because I know that I have family members that listen to this and I was, uh, interested in Andy's situation, not as, not as a, not as a, a roadmap for my future. Um, and I, we say this on the podcast a bunch. I am not, I am not on the verge of divorce, but I am interested in because when you have a kid, when we had our daughter, um, I have thought about how difficult it would be to go from a married life where I see my daughter every single day to sharing custody. That would be extremely difficult. And then the idea of another man raising, helping to raise my daughter, fuck. Or another woman, like, I mean, I guess, uh, in the case of like, were my wife to switch teams or if I, I mean, and asking a woman to take, it's just a lot. It's a lot. There's so much children complicate divorce quite a bit. And, uh, 
I guess like every stage of life is kind of like that, right? Like every time, you know, you, uh, my wife and I moved in together and I remember my wife saying to me, well, this is for real now, you know, that we can't just like break up. Um, like what's the, what would be the phrase? Like, uh, not superficially arbitrarily. We can't just break up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but we can't just break up for like a small reason. This is now serious. And I'm like, well, fuck, I've been taking this serious for a while. And then every part of your life just kind of cements that. Like it's just getting, it would just, you know, be increasingly devastating for that to happen. And so I think we managed to make the conversation pretty funny, but uh, but that is the topic of conversation. <laughs> I'm just my mom and my father-in-law listen to this podcast. And I don't want either of them to think that that is uh that is something that's uh, imminent or possible or on the table. I did think a lot about how my parents, they're, they're divorced and how neither of them, I've never had a step parent. Um, I've never had to like, neither one of my parents have remarried. So I've never had to like, and especially not while we were kids. So uh, I've never had to like, go through that dance of like, Oh, do you like this person? Do you not like this person? Um, do, I'm not calling anyone else mom, etc., or dad or whatever. Like, and I think it would have been incredibly difficult. It would have, it would have complicated things. Um, for sure. So that's what we talk about a lot. Uh, please follow me at the Casey McLean, follow Andy Woodhull at Andy Woodhull all over the place. He has a dry bar special. He's got um, multiple albums out. Go check those out and go see him live. If you're listening to this and you don't live in Tacoma, Washington, where Andy Woodhull just was, go see him live. I presume, let's see, is it andywoodhull.com? I hope I can figure this out in a uh, reasonable fashion, in a reasonable time frame. Andywoodhull.com. Pray that this is, it is. AndyWoodhull.com. Go check out AndyWoodhull.com. Come see me, by the way. I will be at Tacoma Comedy Club headlining uh, the brunch show December 5th. I will be in, uh, if you're listening to this, the day it came out, uh, this weekend I'm in Spokane with J.P. Sears. I'm also headlining Airport Tavern December 1st. When you give out plugs, I think that it's really important to make sure you say them out of order out of the order that they're going to happen. So JP Sears is this weekend, December 1st, I'm headlining airport tavern in Tacoma. And then December 5th, I will be headlining uh, Tacoma comedy club also in Tacoma. And then December 17th, I will have shows in Seattle and Bremerton and, uh, December 30th through January 1st, new year's baby. I will be at the newly opened, Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and I guess on the on the Thursday episode, I'll talk about the, the experience I've had as a as a an, a an out of practice traveler because I have fucked up my trip to Indiana financially a little bit by just being uh, an amateur an amateur traveler. Um, so we'll talk about that. On that episode, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please enjoy Andy Woodhull. Uh, follow me at the Casey McLean. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you soon.
I'm just going to record every goddamn channel. Are you okay if I turn off the heat? I'm recording, by yeah, the way. It's, it's officially recording. Can't miss a moment of this hot action. <laughs> While well, I stare at my phone wondering yeah. why people won't subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I ask if we can turn off the heat. <laughs> I, do, I do an intro before people get Okay, started. is there a premise to your podcast? There is not. It's called Nobody Likes Casey McLean. I don't know if you actually saw. I gave the... Oh, I saw the shirts, yeah. I, yeah, saw I gave the staff, staff a bunch yeah. of shirts that... Uh, Very cool. Because uh, I tried... By the way, so... I tried to sell them uh, the uh-huh. first weekend I did back, after, like in the pandemic. On yeah. The road. In two shows, shows, I sold one shirt. <laughs> and I panicked. I was like ready uh-huh. to get rid of the cat and dog shirts that I'm selling. Yeah. And I fucking panicked. Those cat and dog shirts that you have are so good, though. I know. They're, They're you're, you're cursed with how good your shirt is. I know. I want to I wanna <laughs> stop telling those jokes so badly. I have a shirt that I sold before this one, and I had no trouble. Oh, really? Is this your first time selling, out selling it. this? It's my second time. So it's my second shirt. Uh, actually, it's my third shirt, but the first one was very short-lived. And then I did a different shirt for like a year. And then I stopped selling that, and I started doing the one that I'm doing right now. Okay, so but this isn't your first weekend selling that shirt. No, no, no. I've I've had it for probably four months. I was going to turn this off, and I'm just like pouring sweat. Yeah, turn it off. You're doing hard work in here, man. Are you a sweaty guy? Not particularly. This is what but I did get sweaty about. on the early show tonight. I think it's because oh, okay. I'm wearing this coat that has like a, a liner that makes keeps you warm. Oh yeah, it looks lightweight, but it's got like a, the like plasticky. Oh yeah, that's what I have. Warm. My my jacket that's sitting right next mm-hmm. to you has a, it's a rain jacket, so the yeah. inside is like meant to not let water in, but it just makes me sweat terribly. Yeah, it just make it real sweaty. Yeah, it's like one of those jackets that like wrestlers wear to lose weight. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm a I'm like a very sweaty guy, and. Uh, this yeah, the heater is just like ruining my yeah. Good. Well, you got How do you it wear off a coat? That's the thing. I can never wear a jacket on stage because well, I, I like just... to wear a lightweight jacket. And I have to wear a t-shirt underneath it. Why is that? So I've been about wearing lately. Outfit. <laughs> do you have? Is, I'm, it's well, purpose, I think right? I just look better with long sleeves on than short sleeves. Uh, but I, you know, I used to wear a button-up shirt, and I got sick of it. You always have to iron it and stuff. And so mm-hmm. lately, I've just been wearing a t-shirt. And a lightweight jacket. I have like four lightweight jackets that I cycle through. I have, um, for a long time, I was collared shirt only. Yeah. And I have a collared shirt on now. And then I've uh, had a combination of two things happen. I'm in between XL and double XL uh-huh. right now. And so, uh, but I've been in denial about it for a long time. Sure, 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 sure. And so I've switched. Uh, I started wearing t-shirts more. And then I finally bought a couple double XL button-ups. And uh-huh. this is that. This is one of them. Well, you look great. Thank you. you I did. Really I'm a model. I'm a shirt model. Really good. Yeah. Uh, but it is. It is funny how like little. Uh, I have a joke there. Where I talk about how like this outfit's curated on uh-huh. purpose. Like it's for me. I did this on purpose, <laughs> and it is true. Like I do care about it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, is it just the ironing, or do you also think like does it match your present? Comedy better, do you think? Maybe. I hadn't thought about it like that. I just, you know, you always have to think about what you're wearing on stage for some reason. It's stupid. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for a long time, I wore the comedy uniform of uh, jeans and a button up. And then yeah. uh, 
yeah, just kind of after pandemic, I decided I would wear a t-shirt and a lightweight jacket. And I've been wearing these pants all the time that uh, are kind of stretchy and have a drawstring, but they look like oh, dress they pants, but they have a drawstring and they're kind of stretchy. Yeah. Can I, so it's like sweatpants, but it looks like real it? pants. Yeah. looks like it looks like real pants. I almost bought some pants like this and they're great. You like them? I love them. Yeah. So I the by the way I think one of the best inventions I think that we made a lot of progress towards uh, narrowing the gender divide when we gave <laughs> men stretchy pants because I think stretchy we all pants felt, are the best dude I think I felt more empathy for women when I felt stretchy I was like oh I get it I understand <laughs> this is amazing like first off I get to wear like uh, two two sizes of waist down because I can just stretch them it's like oh no I'm technically I'm still a thirty six inch waist yeah of course. you stretch them out yeah. Uh, but also, like, they make a lot of nicer pants now that are... Because... So I work from home uh-huh. uh, the during the week, and I'm, like, in basketball shorts 100% of the time. Yeah. I'm never wearing anything but basketball shorts. Yeah. And now... I never have to wear anything without an elastic waistband. <laughs> That's the dream, right? You've made it. Yeah. You've made it in life. You don't have to wear... It. My girlfriend calls them hard pants. No more hard pants. <laughs> She put on jeans, uh, you know, hadn't worn jeans in a long time, and she said, uh, God, I can't believe I'm in hard pants. And, you know, I love it. I love the phrase. That's a great. Have you ever heard of these people that get, like, they call it raw denim? I've heard of that, yeah. And you, like, have to sit in the bathtub with it or something. Yeah, it's like to years. Form it you to have to you. have them for years before they yeah. fit, right? I would rather just have something that fits exactly the way that Yeah, I want to. these stretchy jeans. <laughs> Give me the stretchy <laughs> jeans. It feel good. I don't, I don't right understand away. anyone that doesn't dress to some degree for comfort. That comfort's yeah. not part of the equation, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, you have to get dressed up wearing dress shoes and stuff like ugh, it's miserable wearing a belt oh dude give me a drawstring oh my god i did uh i also like i've sized out of a couple belts uh-huh and the 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 um the end of that belt's life is a very painful time for your waist because you're like no i can still fit this fucking yeah thing. i used to do a bit about that that's an old oh, joke really? of mine yeah i used to say I would grow a belt, and it sucks because it doesn't happen overnight. There's 12 warning signs leading up to That's your departure. fucking funny. Yeah. I'm going to steal it now. That's well, you steal it if you want. <laughs> um, what? So you you started in St. Louis? Yeah, I started in St. Louis. I are went to college there, and then I started. No, I just went to college there. Where are you from? Indiana. Oh, that's Northern right. Indiana. You, you, Elkhart, Indiana. It's near South Bend. Okay. Uh Indiana, I mean, Indiana is like the Midwest of the Midwest. Right? Yeah, it's the crossroads of America. That's what the license plate says. It, <laughs> it's like there's Gary and then a bunch of white people, uh-huh. right? That's yeah. Cool. Indianapolis actually has. Indianapolis is actually very diverse. It's a like cool it. town. It's a cool town in Indianapolis. Yeah. I like. I did the. I featured at the Helium there. By the way, uh-huh. that's where I think I caught COVID. Oh, pre- really? Before the shutdown, I worked uh, with a comic named Ismo. I'm blowing uh-huh. him up. Because he never emailed me back to tell me if he got it or had antibodies. Or really? Whatever. Because, uh, so it was late January, early February. Yeah. I go into the green room and uh, he goes, do you know him at all? Have you ever met him? He's no. He's like a, from Finland or something like that. Yeah, I've never met him. He goes, uh, yeah, I have this like 102 degree fever. I just can't, no matter what I take, oh my it just God. doesn't go down. And then he goes, I remember this. He goes, uh, I don't really... 
He's like, they were like, do you want something to eat? He's like, I want to eat, but I don't really care what it is because I can't taste it. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, you should just get a salad. Then. Oh, no. This is like before the shit. Yeah. Though, right. This is like, I mean, 2020. Yeah. We didn't know about it till March. Yeah. So then I uh, get home and I'm, I have to miss days of my day job because I'm uh-huh. like exhausted and I have like, I'm like, you know, coughing and just, but I'm like, I've been traveling a lot. I've had yeah. these long days. I was working in Indianapolis. I went there for my day job and comedy. Uh-huh. So I'm like 10 hours of work at my day job during the day and then comedy, two shows, and then fucking waking up at five in the morning. Yeah. To do the whole thing. So I'm just, I was assumed I would be exhausted. That didn't. And then, uh, my mom and my mother-in-law both got severe pneumonia, uh, Without ever seeing each other, but they both saw yeah. me. Oh no! And my daughter got sick, and like the, uh, I got an antibody test, but I got the one like the uh-huh. shitty one. So I don't know, and it was way too late. Uh-huh. But uh, I think I got COVID from Whoa. from Ismo Whoa. in Indianapolis, in your home state. In my home state, man, we passed around COVID before even. But Indiana's so hot, we had the stuff before people even knew about it. <laughs> we had COVID before people knew it was cool in Indiana. Dude, the other thing was, it started in Seattle, or like the first cases or that they've recorded. Or yeah, in we're Seattle. in Seattle, and it was you. Maybe yeah, you're maybe, the one that yeah. brought it there. <laughs> no, they had uh, Indianapolis. The like a couple days before I went, they were like, "Yeah, we found this Chinese virus in the airport." So uh-huh. like somebody there had had it at some point. It was pretty like when I connected the dots later, I was I just felt very lucky that I didn't create a tragedy in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I well, that was the scary thing about touring during it. Why I didn't at all. A big part of it was I was I I would never be able to live with myself yeah. if I heard a story like. So and so got COVID at Andy Woodhall's show and is dead. Yeah, I actually stopped caring about that once my whole family was vaccinated. I was like, uh-huh. "It's on." Like I've yeah. I well, after absolve- I got the vaccine, I went out because yeah. it's like, well, it's available, and if people aren't getting it, that's their choice. And if they get it, then they chose not to get the vaccine. Yeah. Did um, did you? When did you get your first dose? Um, I want to say May, maybe it was not super early. It wasn't, I got it in Los Angeles before they opened it to everyone, but they had these places where you could just go wait in line and get the leftovers from the appointments. And I waited in line all day to get one. Yeah. That's what they, that's the kind of thing I did. My, Mm -hmm. my, um, I guess I won't describe how I got it, but I, uh, went to an event where they knew there were going to be extra doses because apparently they yeah opened, they had so many allocated for it or whatever and so yeah and then once you get the first one they'll just give you the second one it's like you don't even have to yeah for it. yeah um i got the booster that's how early i you got, got it, the booster i've already got the booster i haven't yeah. gotten the booster only because i ha- i had it too but i i like definitely had it because i went and got tested and i had it oh you had covid i had covid oh, in okay. december of last year oh okay <clears throat> yeah so, do you kind of feel like I so think, I had the two shots, and so I read that it's like if you had it and you also got the two shots, your second shot was like a booster. Right. I, I um. Do you have at all, like, I was, once the vaccine came out, I'm like, I'm fucking, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. Obviously, nobody wants to. Yeah. But I'm also like, I get it that people don't, like, they kind of made it seem like the vaccine was the finish line. 
Well, yeah, I think nobody anticipated the pushback on the vaccine. Like Fair. at the end of Contagion, you remember yeah. the end of Contagion, the movie we all oh, watched never at the Contagion. beginning of the pandemic. Contagion. At the end of Contagion, the vaccine comes out, and the movie ends, and it's like a happy ending. Like we got the vaccine, it's over. Yeah. You know, no one thought about like, well, some people don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, well, first off, I think that I'm like a if I was gonna classify myself i'm pro um pro vaccine anti-mandate uh-huh overall but i got it fucking three times my whole family got it yeah. i encouraged them to get it my my dad actually had a heart attack in january 2021 uh so like it's weird that boosted him up on the vaccine list like he got oh yeah right away and uh and he got the booster right away, and they, I was like very happy about that. I, there's a comic that just showed up, so I'm gonna I want to get into the question that I was gonna ask you before, just in case this gets derailed. Okay, let's go. Here, okay? Oh, see, he's somebody's coming in to hang out. Maybe, yeah. I, if he is, I don't want to fucking miss this opportunity. Okay, you're a uh, since I've known, I've seen your comedy a lot because you've worked this club so many times. Yeah. I've known like of you and known about your life. <laughs> I knew that you had, you were married with stepchildren. Yep. Now you are divorced. Right. How long were you guys married? Uh, just shy of five years. Okay. So this is a, maybe everybody asks you this question. Do you keep in touch with these kids? Yeah, a bunch. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're we're in close contact. Yeah, I mean that's a strange way to say it. I will say that. <laughs> but so yeah, because I now we have I, a good relationship. I talk about it in my act a little bit. It's uh, I say uh, you divorce the wife, not the kids. Which yeah. is what the dad says in Clueless. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know, I've, I've heard. I heard you bring it up. Like I was, I'm a stepdad kind uh-huh. of. Uh huh. Yeah. On both the shows, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've wondered that since I found out you got divorced because I just like it's just so difficult. Like the the whole thing. Seems it's a difficult. really weird thing to be an ex-step parent because i mm-hmm. do still love the kids very much yeah and you don't know what your role is but i'm lucky that i was there for cool years of their lives and now they're 18 and 19 yikes and so uh you know i'm getting to know them as they're becoming adults and i would love to hear from them more but i hear from them about as much as i would probably call my parents when i was 18 and 19 so do you think and not to get too deep into their um i mean ultimately it's like their family and their privacy Mm -hmm. right that i don't want to i don't want to actually i have a thing do you have any like reservations about doing material about them um (laughs) I mean, I would never do any negative material right. about them. I still tell a few jokes about them, and I think they like it. I mean, from talking to them, they like that I have jokes about them. They genuinely like it and are proud to be a part of it. I don't, After my divorce, I quickly got rid of all my jokes about being married and being a mm-hmm. step-parent as fast as I could. Like It was the fastest I had ever written an hour of material was after my divorce because it was hard to tell those jokes. Um, we, we have a fucking, I mean, I did send you a picture of Andy Woodhull with a uh, microphone. What's up? Who's said, here? Do you know Andy? What's up, man? No. Yeah. You opened for me here before. Come on in, man. Yeah. Get a, get a, get a fucking, by the way, that, uh, <laughs> Audix microphone up there doesn't work, but get a microphone. 
Yeah, just hang out. Just listen to a podcast live. It's a live podcast for one. You're like a sultan right now. You're a sultan. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Andy's divorce and his uh, stepchildren. Yeah. For his former present uh, stepchildren. <laughs> oh my god nobody likes casey mcclain thank you that's a that's the pre- hey, prevailing buddy. message um is it like how did the so this is a I've, i'm gonna say a thing that i don't know i don't think you'll have a problem with it but i think since we've had a kid i have imagined what people go through what your ex-wife went through where it's like um or especially what her previous exes went through mm-hmm. where it's like somebody else is now are these are these is the guy <laughs> still alive is he yeah no he's he's alive and uh we oddly have a good relationship now <laughs> i always when i thought about him you know because now that i'm divorced from my wife all the fights that she told me between them I was always on her side when we were married. Right. You know what I mean? She would tell me about him, and I'd be like, oh, he was with a bad guy. You are with a bad guy. You know, now you're with a good guy. And now, looking back on it after the divorce, it's like, well, maybe, you know, I see his point of view a little better. <laughs> so in a weird way, he was like a little bit of like a lifeline support system to chat with every once in a while. That's funny. Like a club. <laughs> is uh, so that that's kind of uh that's cool does he did you ever have any friction with him with no the kids? i i mean no i don't think i mean it's an awkward thing you know mm-hmm. i you're thinking about it already you got a kid it doesn't yeah. seem fun to think about some other guy in your kid's life uh but, but that's the to way the world to the is. People get divorced. People are, get divorced, and then their step parents, and you just gotta learn to deal with it. And I think, yeah, uh, I think he saw that I had the kids' best interests at heart, and I love them, and uh, I I feel the same way about him. I think he has the kids' best interests at heart, and he loves them, and you, you know any disagreements we would have, you know have we have the kids best interests at heart right. maybe we would give them totally different advice about something because we're different people mm-hmm. but we both would give them the advice that we felt was best the um i, don't, I just want to make it clear to my mom who's a loyal listener that, that <laughs> i'm not asking this question i'm not uh like on the verge of divorce <laughs> like i'm just I have thought about how... So my parents are divorced. Can I speak to Casey's mom for a second? He was in tears before this podcast. He's barely holding it together. He needs help. He's calling out right now. He's asking for what it's like because he doesn't know if he can handle it. Uh, Call him. Go over to his house. He needs you. She'll be over on Sunday. So, um, But yeah, my, my parents were divorced, but they never got... Neither one got remarried. Mm-hmm. And they never... Like, I never had a step-parent yeah. of any kind. And so I have thought a lot about how challenging that would be. The, I mean, and I'm I'm sure even just, like, having kids become part of your life, even though... What, how old were they when you guys got together? When I first met them, they were seven and nine. Holy shit. Yeah. So, like, but even that, like, when... It's like, I, I would say... 
kids complicate your life like crazy, obviously. But I actually think for me, and I think um, for a lot of people, they actually simplify your life because uh-huh. it's like now just I know like that's the person who's like I got to be good to that person. I got to be good for that uh-huh. person. It's like I got to go make money. It's not like do I, you know, that you sacrifice your own yeah. happiness and shit like that. Um, and then to like trust somebody else to do that. To, again, oh, yeah. to have their best interest at heart is like that's that, and and I'm not trying to. I think it's amazing when step parents step in and are like actual parental figures. But that dude to have the like confidence as a man to let you also be a part of their lives without mm. creating an issue because he knows. I'm sure there were points where he was fucking struggling with it, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. I think it's a hard thing, and there were times that I was uncomfortable by it. There's this yeah. great scene at the beginning of, uh, what's that Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg movie? Uh, oh, Daddy's man. Home. Daddy's oh, Home. I haven't seen it. There's this great, well, do you know the premise of it? It's Will Ferrell is a stepdad, right. and Mark Wahlberg is the biological father. And there's this great scene at the beginning where Will Ferrell and his wife and the kids are watching TV together and they're very happy. And it's like this cute family moment and everybody seems happy. But then the dad calls Mark Wahl- Mark Wahlberg calls and the kids just flip out like, Daddy, oh my God. <laughs> like I had plenty of moments of jealousy of like, I love these kids. And I was married and there was a chance we would like – probably not going to have any more kids. And it's like, so these stepkids are going to be the only kids that I have in my life probably. And I love them so much, but I am the second string, you know? Right. So as hard as it is, if you are going through a divorce and you have to think about, you know, someone else being with your kids and helping to raise your kids, we know that person also doesn't feel totally that <laughs> it's on both sides, you know? Yeah. You know, if that person loves your kids, then they have a little, like, I wish they ran to me the way they run to their biological father. You know? Well, and, and let me tell you this. Uh, we, so every morning I wake my daughter up. Uh, we, I like get my wife, uh, make her coffee and shit. I'm a great husband. I, I make yeah, my wife coffee. really bragging about all this stuff you do. Here yeah. she is divorcing me on wife, this podcast. You're lining up wife number two right now is what you're doing. <laughs> no, but she, she, uh. So like every morning though, I go get my daughter up and she asks for my wife. And then anytime uh-huh. my wife wakes her up, she asks for me. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, we didn't tell each other that's what it was. <laughs> we were just like, this fucking kid only wants her mom. And so she for sure likes my wife better than me. But I'll tell you, inside of your, like, inside of your relationship, even if those were your biological children. Uh-huh. You'd have the same, or at least if you, you know were what I hear from your like story me. is your daughter likes everyone to be together all the time. I think she likes. She wants all three of you to be there. And here I am ah. with Andy Woodhull <laughs> in a green room. Uh, I think she wants what she can't have in that very moment. Yeah, what maybe she really wants. She started typical um, woman. <laughs> <laughs> she started a. She's never cared about when we, when we first started taking her to daycare, she had like a psychopathic level of like not caring that she was uh-huh. leaving our presence. Like you, you see kids like crying, like fighting. Yeah, and she's like, "No, I'm good. Get the fuck away!" Like, uh-huh. and finally, she's finally struggling to go really? in. She's finally two years old. She's finally having separate. I, I love <laughs> to see her suffer because at least I know she cares. You know. <laughs> 
Um, are you so like these kids? Are they like going to college? Do you have, do you have any role in that? The younger one is a uh, senior in high school, and the older one is a sophomore in college. So, do you like still feel a financial obligation to the kids? I mean, there's no obligation, but I. I don't know if it's even right. I would tell you off air. I've, I mean, if they need anything and they came to me, I would help them. Sure. But I don't, I don't know that I should even be speaking to it. Okay. On air. I, yeah. I actually do appreciate it. I didn't uh, know how far into this you'd be willing no, to go. No, that's okay. So I appreciate how far you've allowed <laughs> me to ask. Uh, um, and I do think that without... I, you said 30 minutes, and so we're... Has, oh, I didn't. I mean, there doesn't have to be a cutoff. I only asked that because... Four more be, hours. I only asked that because I had an edible right before, and I didn't want to have one if it was like an hour and a half long oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. You'd be, we'd be uh, <laughs> having a pan... I'm not on an edible, but we'd just share a panic attack in here. Mm-hmm. Do you... Uh, um, now I'm worried about... What was I going to ask? About there was one last thing I wanted to ask. Oh, you're with a lady now. Yeah, and yeah, I'm with a lady now. How do you like explain your relationship with these kids <laughs> to her? Did that was that like an awkward? Thing well, it wasn't a huge explanation. I mean, I was a stepdad. I was divorced, so it's not like a revelation she's known that as long right. as she's known me you know when she came over to my apartment for the first time there's pictures of the kids up on the wall gotcha so okay. you know who are these kids oh those were my stepkids and we still talk and we have a good relationship so well, i don't think there's anything weird and they came uh, my girlfriend and i live together now and the kids came and stayed with us for a week over the summer oh, that's and cool. it was awesome does your ex-wife live in like, california I don't actually know where she lives. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh don't know if we should dig deeper in that or No, or... I think that's all I can say about it. I okay. don't exactly know where she lives. All right. I'm gonna ask uh off the podcast what the <laughs> fuck that's about. Um Does your I assume your lady now does not have kids? No. Does no. she want kids? Would she like Stepkids <laughs> Step once removed. Yeah, they got along great, which made me very happy. That's cool. And my current girlfriend is so cool and smart and 100% her own person that uh, I liked exposing my stepkids to her. She oh, nice. would be a good... Uh, I mean, they, they had fun together. It's not like they have a relationship outside of her being my girlfriend right now. But, mm-hmm. well, I mean... She's cool, and she's the kind of woman that I would hope my stepkids would grow into. Is um, do you have any like? Is there any chance that you're gonna have kids with the woman that you're with now? Well, there's always a chance, man. <laughs> but I mean, is that like there's the always plans, a chance? Or are you? There's no plans to do okay. that right now. Is she does she doesn't have kids? I take it. That's no. my guess. No. Right. No, I wouldn't do it again. I I wouldn't say anybody don't do it, but it's tough when you break up. I mean, any divorce is tough, but when you are a step parent, and if you love being a step parent, the divorce is very difficult because I'm very lucky that my kids were older, I think, and so we get to continue having a relationship. Yeah. But when when you go through that, it's kind of up to the kids. At least the way I looked at it was like, it's up to the kids whether they're going to 
keep talking to you or not because they have plenty of parents. I mean, mm-hmm. I do a joke about how as their third parent, they have lots of adults that are good influences on their life and love them. Yeah. So I'm lucky that they wanted to keep knowing me and let me be a part of their life. I'm, I'm proud of it. That is really cool. I think the other, um, ultimately, it seems to me like as a step parent, every part of it is just like relinquishing the control that you would have if you were a biological parent in a, <laughs> in a relationship with the other parent. So. Yeah, it is because it's the, you know, when it's not your biological kid, I had a a family member that gave me advice on it. He's like, just, you know, be there for your partner and be there for the kids and n- know that you're there to support your partner and do whatever you can for the kids, but like leave all the discipline to, cause it's not your place. Like you mm-hmm. are 10 oh, seconds so away hard. from the kids saying you're not my real dad, yeah. you know, at any moment. So you just like try to be there and do the best job of parenting that you can, but know like your your role a little bit, and your role is not the disciplinarian. I think when you're the step parent, and and to a level, I mean, everyone's relationship is different, but I think if you're with someone who has kids and they put you in the role of di- being the disciplinarian, I don't I don't think that's a good idea that's because the kids up. will resent you if you come in and you're the new parent, right. and you're like, well, I'm throwing the hammer down, not in my house, you know? Yeah, did a uh- do you so when you guys got together did you live did like you move into their place did they move into your uh, place? yeah i moved into their place i was living in california and they live in north carolina so i moved to north carolina when i got married whoa mm-hmm. look at you <laughs> how did you meet the their mom was it through com- like at a show uh no i knew her from mutual friends gotcha. from where okay. i grew up yeah it's just she's from Indiana. Yeah. Let's get this lady's social security number on this <laughs> podcast. Um is your how did you meet your new lady? Tinder. Oh, okay. Not yeah. did so let me ask you this about Tinder because uh I've tried to write a bit about this and it doesn't work. My I've I have a friend, I have many single friends, and I've used their Tinder to like uh-huh. just swipe on their Sure, know, it's them. fun. It's like a little, it's like a slot machine kind it's of. It's very fun. And I have no stakes. I don't know. People, single people complain about it, but I, while I was single, had so much fun on the dating apps, sure. chatting with women, going on first dates, swiping through. I, I think it's a blast. I think at this point, entering it would be like, do you ever do the, when you're um, about to go on stage or you're like, and you're like, are any of these jokes good? Like maybe people have laughed in the past, but are fucking any of them good? And I feel like I have that thing where I'm like, I'm going to get zero fuck. I would get zero matches. You know what I mean? But I guess somebody, you know, somebody, and especially like, is your Tinder profile picture? This is what I was ultimately getting to. Are you holding a microphone in your Tinder profile picture? (laughs) Can I tell you what I did? I didn't at first. And then one of my buddies, uh, he, he pointed out to me. He was like, uh, when you were on The Tonight Show, did you get laid that night? I was like, nah, no, nah, I didn't. And he goes, it's time that you got laid because you were on The Tonight Show. <laughs> so my Tinder profile picture was me shaking hands with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> that is like the, 
That is the exact picture I'm talking about. So, yeah, I leaned into it a little bit. And female comics, that would so, like I would show up, they would give me shit about it. And mm-hmm. rightfully so. I deserved it. I was leaning into a thing. Yeah, but there's many worse things that men have done than put a picture of themselves holding a microphone or, yeah. or shaking hands with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Um, does she? She's not a comic, I take it? No. no. Um, is she into... Anything show business related? <laughs> she is a copywriter. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is she, um, I mean, by the way, that sounded like, I'm like, ah! Oh, no, she's very talented and she's very funny and she, uh, yeah, she's very talented and she's very funny. That's good. That's, uh, I feel like that's the perfect, I've also thought about this because, but this sounds like I'm just constantly thinking about what it would like to be, what it would be like to be single. Yeah, you like said a- to me before the show, God, I can't wait until I'm going to be single. It's about to happen any day. I just don't want to be the one that does it. I'm trying to lead my wife there <laughs> through, through fucking bad behavior. Um, but I no, I think about it like just because it would be difficult. It would be extremely difficult, I think, to adjust to that, which I'm sure that it was for you to go from. Yeah, I mean, it's just difficult in life. And then also, uh, who I was on stage, who I am still on stage is somebody that talks about their life a lot. And so my life for a long time was being a husband and being a stepdad. And when that was no longer my life, I, you know, lost so much things that I loved and got to see on a daily basis, you know, all the people that I loved were gone, including my dog. And then also, my act was immediately irrelevant. It didn't make sense, and it made me sad to do. Because you, yeah. the, the choices are try to do the jokes about being a husband and a stepdad in the past tense, or just pretend like it didn't happen. You, you know, and yeah. get, get the show out of the way. And neither one necessarily worked well. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I think like. Uh... I mean, I don't even think about it from a comedy perspective at this point, but the, it's it like, felt selfish to think of it from a comedy. Like, right. I can't get a divorce because it would ruin my act. Yeah. It's selfish to think about that. And it's selfish when it's going on to be like, oh, well, this is happening, you know, and, and your ex-wife is going through it, too. And you're like, yeah, but my act is yeah, but feels I mean, selfish, but it's so real for a comedian to be I'm losing everything. Right. Have you did you ever work any like straight jobs like non-comedy jobs uh yeah i did yeah i my first job out of college was working at a geotechnical consulting firm and then i had a job where i worked in a laboratory for a company that sold clay nice yeah did you ever have anyone that you worked with that was just like shitty for for months and then you oh right on right on um did you ever have anyone get divorced like while you were working there and you're like, oh, they've been shitty for months. And now I understand why they're an asshole. Uh, because, no. Because I feel like that's like com- comedy isn't the only job that it would affect. Obviously, like oh, yeah. I worked I worked at an office at a box factory and I this woman was like so fucking mean all of a sudden out uh-huh. of nowhere. And uh, at one point, like I even like she complained about me to my boss 
that I was like being a dick, and I'm like, you've been a bitch to me for the fucking last. <laughs> I didn't say this, but I'm like, you've been horrible to me for six yeah. months. And then, like on the day my grandpa died, uh, she was like, came in. I don't know why it was me specifically that she was like going after, but she like went, and I like fucking blew up on her. Uh huh. And I um. But what I realized later is like she was going through a divorce. Yeah. And it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. she was also trying to figure out how to fucking uh, survive this yeah. like it's a traumatic experience. Isn't that a good thing to think of? What a good life lesson though to think about anytime someone's being rude to you, you don't know what else is happening yeah. in your life. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, that's what we that's I think because I want to get another drink, that might have to be where we end it. And All we right. got we're getting booted out of the green room is that's the life <laughs> lesson. Um well, Andy. thank you for having me. You're very funny, and thank I you. appreciate you letting me be on your podcast. Oh, well, it's a quite an honor, I I imagine. You're also very funny, by the way, and uh, and uh, I will have plugged it already, but can we talk about that? Can you tell them about your YouTube show? I have a new show on YouTube. It's uh, about snacks. It's me trying snacks. It's a comedy show. It's meant to be funny. I think it's very silly and very good, and I do it with my friend Alex Stone. It's great. Oh, Alex Stone of the... Local news podcast? Yes. Huh, I never heard of it. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right.